PS88 Podcast. Okay, so um, we have here Miss Amy Wasserman, and she is a staff member here. And the purpose of our episode for this uh, iPodcast is um, to basically understand um, what parents in pre-K, 3K need to know. So without further ado, we'd like to present Miss Amy Wasserman. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yes. Um, I have been teaching at PS88 for 28 years. I've taught kindergarten, first grade, third grade, and now I am on my third year in pre-K ICT. Okay. So how long have you been working again? I am starting my 28th year. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> that, that's a lot of experience for parents to know yes. and be aware of. Was teaching always your interest, or did you change careers to pursue what you wanted to? No, actually, I wanted to be an actress. Oh, I wow. um, Yes, I went to all performing arts camps, and I went to school for communications, actually. And my mother would always say, but you're so good with kids, you're so good with kids, and I wouldn't listen to her. And then one day I was at one of my friend's house and she was preparing a lesson. She was student teaching and she was preparing a lesson and it was a math lesson with graphing and she was using M&Ms and I just thought it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I want to be a teacher. That's, it's, it's just the small little interactions or experiences that you get sometimes that lead you into the right direction. And you have to pay attention to that in life, everyone. So Absolutely. I, I think Amy actually followed the right path, and she's made a very good decision doing what she does. She, she enjoys what she does. I've seen that. She smiles every day when she's here. And um, now moving on to more information about school. Um, what type of activities for parents, because this is now for parents to know, um, pre-K, 3K, yes. what type of activities are scheduled on a daily basis for these students? Okay, so we have a, um, a, a curriculum. Basically, every day they come in, they unpack, they wash their hands, they have breakfast. And that's the time where they can socialize with their friends and the teachers sit with them. And it, it's always um, a learning lesson. Oh. Everything we do. Um, after that, we have our little morning um, meeting, talk about the, the unit, because we have units of study. Mm -hmm. And then we break off into centers. The children pick their own center they choose to um, play in. Mm -hmm. And the teachers, we just walk around and we sit with the children and we ask questions on what they're doing. And it's really a, a social emotional time for the children and the teachers mm. and as I said before everything we do is a learning moment and we learn through play huh. so we have centers and then we have gross motor where we go outside and we play we play every day oh that's that sounds like a really fun day at school <laughs> yes we and I'm always playing I love to play soccer with the kids outside <laughs> it's fun for me I, I love it oh I, I like that I mean any kid would like to do that um but let me ask another question then sure um during dismissal okay mm -hmm. the, the kids have spent the whole day playing um do you 
uh, or most pre-K, 3K teachers think that speaking with you is a good time to speak to you at that point at the end of the day when we're, we're dismissing or is it a, or is there a different option? Well, I have spoken to parents at dismissal. Sometimes we just, it's a brief um, update on what happened in class. It, for example, if a, ch a child fell, we just tell them quickly what happened. Um, but if a ch parent wants to talk to us th at dismissal, sometimes I just have them wait on the side and just wait till all the kids and the parents leave and then I speak to them. And it's okay. Okay. It's fine to speak afterwards. Yeah, it's it's more of the privacy, I guess, correct? Right. Um, because yes, you don't I want parents talk. hearing. Okay. Exactly. I will not talk in front of other parents, so I just say, can you just wait a few minutes until everybody leaves, and then I will speak with them. Got you. So in the case of parents who are not able to pick up their children, someone else might be doing that, and they're right. not able to see you in person, how should parents contact you if they are not able to meet with you or see you? So... Basically, we set up um, Class Dojo, oh. and that is a form of communication that we have with the parents. Um, they can message us, and when we have the time, we message them back. We cannot message them during school hours while we're teaching the children, so we will get back to a parent usually during our prep or our lunch. Okay. Um, if it's an emergency, we always tell parents, please call the school office and they will um, connect them to our classroom. Right. So basically, um, yeah, in, in, in other words, your immediate callback doesn't occur because you're in the middle of the teaching lesson or the activity. Exactly. So it, we, we don't do that. And it's not because you're being um, parents. We want you to understand that, that. Teachers are not being disrespectful, not getting back to you immediately. The reason they can't get back to you is because they're in their working sessions and they will get back to you as soon as they can, either during their prep or lunch time period. Exactly. When we're in the classroom teaching, our phones are not out. Exactly. So if we don't look at our phones until it's our lunch, the teacher's lunch, or our prep. But we also are going to have um, parent engagement times where we set up times after school or during our prep to have conversations with the parents. Oh, that's awesome then. So then there's an yes. extra, there's, there's a parent time period that's always scheduled sometime in the week. And, right. and that's when you're able to always welcome any parent to come in and meet with you. Exactly. And what's so great about pre-K and 3K is we see, we see the parents so much, whether it's um, arrival or dismissal. So if a parent really just wants to talk to us briefly, Again, we just say, can you just wait a few minutes till everybody leaves, and then we'll have a little, uh, short little conversation. Great. So we're always in contact with the parents. Oh, that's 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 important for parents to know because I think they they're they're sending their young ones for the first time, oh, yes. and there's I know there's a lot of butterflies on both parent and ch children's oh, yes. side. Oh yes. And so that that's very important for them to know. Um, so moving along to my next question. Um, Ms. Wasserman, have you ever um, or do you experience something on a yearly basis where children struggle with or parents might uh, have the families might struggle with and that you can give as advice to them? Um, yes, well, I'm going to talk mainly about what I've seen in the pre-K for the past three years. You know, the children are young and a lot of them have not been around other children. So they're, they don't know how to socialize correctly and communicate correctly. So if a child is bothering them or says something, they don't know how to 
communicate it correctly. So our job is to teach them to use their words uh-huh. mainly and tell, you know, talk about how they feel. It's really more social emotional. I see with the younger kids. Yeah. I, I think um, adults can take that, <laughs> that lesson yeah, also into them I agree. because a lot of times we react without thinking and it, it's sometimes considered a childlike reaction to just mm-hmm. react when somebody doesn't like anything and do something either in a physical or an insulting way. Right. Um, right. But this is what we're trying to teach our kids to do when we're in the program to make sure that they don't respond instantaneously to something in, a, in an aggressive manner. Um, rather, Absolutely. Yeah, either to find you or to just practice using their words, whatever words are, are being taught for them to use in order to communicate how they're feeling or what they would like. In, as opposed exactly. To and we've also had parents have asked for our help for at home what to do. Mm. So we've had students who, who are not listening or telling their parents no and acting up, and they would ask us, what could we do? So we've had, um, we've set up sort of, um, what's the behavior? Um, Management workshops? No, not workshops, like um, like behavior chart. So we've had parents who have asked for our help to what they could do at home if their child is misbehaving or not listening. So we've set up um, behavior charts for parents where when they do the right thing or make good choices. We always like to say good choices, make good choices or poor choices. When they make good choices, they get a sticker or some sort of token. And then they work up to receive a prize, we say. So for example, so if they want to have, go for pizza Mm -hmm. on Friday, if they get a token or a sticker every day for making good choices at home, they will earn their pizza party. And it has worked. And we've had parents so thankful and appreciative for the help that mm-hmm. they've gotten. Yeah. I've been reading up, Amy, on some books, too, um, related to that topic where kids um, become upset. Um, and some of the things that I'm finding out is that a lot of times just giving them a hug when they're upset or tantruming might help alleviate uh, them in the sense that they understand that you understand that they're upset. And because of that, they sometimes can respond a, a, in a very docile manner to the, to the situation when you provide that type of comfort around them. Um, Absolutely. I've tried, it Absolutely. My, I've tried it with my son, and, and when he's had his moments, he could be tantruming. And I will say to him physically and verbally, hey, I understand this. I know this is tough for you. Even though most of the words he might not understand all the way, mm-hmm. he understands my body language going, I'm so sorry, but we have to do this or we have to, we're not able to have this at this moment. Hug him and send him to um, take him somewhere else where he can choose something else to do and then he's able to, um, well, the situation's de-escalated. So, that's, yes, that's exactly what we do in the class. We have what we call a cozy corner. Okay. And there's like bean bags and there's books and there's puppets. And if a child is, is having a rough time, we'll say, okay, let's go to the cozy corner for a few minutes. So they'll go to the cozy corner and they sort of decompress. Mm-hmm. And then a teacher will sit with them and we just talk. We'll read a book. We'll play with the puppets. And it always ends up with hugs. Oh, see, 
And I think that's the empathy part that we're trying to teach within our program and within ourselves, that when someone empathizes with how, um, and someone understands how someone's feeling, that person who might be upset feels a little better knowing that someone knows what they're feeling. And that's Absolutely. the same thing with children. And um, it, it's worked for me at home. Um, and, and I think those are the things that we're bringing in to let parents know that um, their children are being not only uh, taught social uh, ways of interacting, but also how to de-escalate the situation um, when they're upset. Yes. And I've noticed at a young age, sometimes it's hard for them to express how they're feeling. Sometimes they don't even know how they're feeling. Right. So we have a feelings chart with faces. Oh. And they're all different faces of feelings, whether it's angry, mad, sad, embarrassed. And I'll, we'll show the chart and we'll say, okay, how are you feeling right now? Exactly. And they'll point to the face. Oh. And that works a lot. Right, because they're showing, this is how I'm feeling, and everyone's understanding now that this is how I'm feeling because I'm showing them how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. They might not understand that they're communicating. They're using a form of communication. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, Amy, last question, or Ms. Wasserman, sure. last question. Can you provide some tips or suggestions that would be helpful to parents on the first few weeks of school? I have one myself. I don't know if you want to go first or I, or I should go. You should go. I want to hear what you... Well, for me, um, it's basically on the first day I've seen, because I'm a school counselor, um, and I'm outside there uh, seeing how children are entering the school, that on the first day, um, some students are very apprehensive of coming in, and they're resistant, they're uh, very upset. Um, For me, finding out how to resolve the situation for some parents, I've been told that bringing the child a week before school begins so that they get familiarized with the environment because we have to understand if you're bringing that child to the first time to our school and they've never been to our school, it's traumatizing, number one, that they're being entered into a foreign area that they've never experienced. And then number two, being left to be on their own around a foreign environment and around everyone they don't know. And so that could be very traumatizing to a kid in order to reduce it by bringing, in, bringing them to the school, around the school. And if the back area is open where the gate is open so that they could be back there and, and just run around a little bit, it allows them to get familiarized and be less traumatized by the environment. Because by then, if they've been stopping by a couple of days before, they're like, oh, this is the place where I run around. And then after that, walking them into school might be a little bit easier because they might be curious going, hey, I'm always around here. I've never been in this part. Right. I agree. I agree. What's great about pre-K, though, most of the children entering pre-K have already been in 3K. So we're like our little community down there. We know the students in all the other classes. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the students entering pre-K know my face or have spoken to me or the other teachers and same with the parents so that's a lot of the students I already know and the students kind of know me so it makes it a little little um less scary also um first couple of days of school we sort of wean the children in they come in for maybe an hour and the parents stay so we do that for the first couple of days So they sort of get used to the classroom, um, the teachers, and the other students. So we don't just, they don't just drop them off and go, the parents. Oh, that's, 
that's great. So um, it definitely makes it easier. But I like the idea of maybe a week before school kind of introducing ourselves. Because, again, there might be students that weren't in 3K mm -hmm. who know us. So they're new to the school altogether. That's right. I mean, and, and I think, yeah, that works for 3K and pre-K. Uh, if they've never been here or they have been here, they're at least getting um, adjusted to the new schedule routine. You know, if it's right. possible for the parents to just, if they're able to wake up <laughs> with, with a cup <laughs> of coffee, to go to the, that back area at 8 o'clock in the morning for the prior days before the first day of school, it'd be great because the child will know, oh, 8 o'clock, I go here. Right. And, you know, and Absolutely. Then, and, and I think that would be helpful. Anything, uh, anything else, uh, another tip that you might want to provide, Ms. Wasserman? Well, I know you wanted to um, talk about what they need to bring. Mm hmm That's right. So... Again, um, I don't. I think it's on the PS88 website also. Mm -hmm. PS88.com. Yeah, I think um, what the children need to bring, it's, they need to bring change of clothing, mm -hmm. a couple of pairs of underwear, a couple of pairs of uh, pants, T-shirts, socks, an extra pair of shoes, mm -hmm. um, a fitted crib sheet for their cot. Good to know. If they want to have a blanket or, like, a stuffed animal, they also can bring that in. Oh, that's awesome. Security. Yes, we, we send home, they bring in every Monday, they bring in their bedding, and we send it home on Friday to be washed, and then they bring it back on um, Monday again. They can bring their own lunch if they like, but, again, we serve. Um, lunch and breakfast in school, mm -hmm. but That's... they can always bring in their own and a, and a water bottle or a bottle of any juice. Right. Um, trying to think what else. I think that's it. That's great. That's all we need to know. And um, for future podcasts, maybe the parents will reach out to us and maybe they want some follow-up questions and maybe we'll, we'll meet up again and, and answer those questions that parents might have. So we'll leave that up to them. Um, in the future. And, I would love that. Yeah, I think so too. And, and, and you're the first person that I've ever done a podcast with on a phone, which, is, which, is, really, <laughs> which is really cool. Um, it, it shows that we can actually communicate with everyone and do some shows where we could provide useful information for everyone. So, yes. so Ms. Wasserman, thank you so much for the, uh, the call. Thank you so much for the questions that you had for us um, answered. Um, I'm pretty sure that every parent appreciates your effort in giving some more information in a different manner because we're trying to reach out to families in a different way. So, yes. th so thank you so much. Thank you for listening, everyone. Um, look out to our next podcast, and we shall see you soon.